You're listening to the Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast. Here's the deal. If you make disciples by sitting around and talking, you shouldn't be surprised when your disciples sit around and talk and talk and talk. This is the podcast for those weary of just talking and ready to start activating in the mission Jesus gave us to change the world. The Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast, where disciples and disciple makers gather to grow and go together. Here's your host, Dr. Matt Friedemann. Hey, friends. Good to have you with us today. Remember, the place for a man, for a woman, completing all their powers is in the spiritual fight. And right now, today, somewhere in the world, making disciples of the nation. So stay tuned. Stay encouraged. We have a rendezvous with destiny. All right, friends. uh, Looking forward to this podcast today. One of the reasons is I've got a good friend of mine uh, that's with us, and uh, I just felt like I needed a fix of him today. So I called him up, and uh, he's in the middle of doing stuff in his life. He said, man, let me grab a phone, and I can be right there with you. So Daryl Stetler is here with me, has a church in Oklahoma City, a Bible Methodist church, actually. And uh, I'm very excited about his ministry. And he actually posted something this week. We'll get to that a little bit later in prayer. He actually posted something today that was kind of a challenge to some of the guys in his life. And I want to bring that out and we're going to talk a little bit about it. But Daryl, hey, welcome to the program. Thanks so very much for joining the Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast. Man, it's an honor to be with you, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Now, real quick here, before we begin, uh, people may or may, may not remember that you've already been on the program before and that you've got a little organization uh, that helps churches that are trying to make disciples that might be called smaller churches, which, by the way, I think do the best job of making disciples anyway. But you help provide the materials and insight and inspiration. Talk to me a little bit about that organization. Sure. So I call it New Start Discipleship, and uh, New Start basically helps churches develop discipleship strategy they can actually do. Um, it's it's very it's very multipliable. Um, a couple of years ago, I a few years ago, I, I realized you know what I'm I'm gathering some crowd, but I'm not really making that many disciples that can make other disciples. And so I decided to create a clearer path so I could pass that off easier uh, to those who might not be you know, have the benefit of Bible college education and all that. And uh, so that's, that's what New Start does. And uh, try to, I, my goal is to create a, a pathway where there's materials, there's a clear pathway for the first two to three years of a of new believers walk with Jesus. Uh, so yeah. we can, so anybody can disciple them. All right. So one of the, one of the things that you sell, I guess you're selling it. Actually thing I'm talking about, you may not sell. You have an audio version of the book that we wrote called The New Discipleship of the Home. It used to be The Discipleship of the Home. Now we're calling it The New because we included some more chapters. Right. Are you still dealing with that volume? I am, yeah. Yeah, so um, it, and it's free. Anybody can download it. Uh, if they want to uh, download the audio book, you can do it at discipleshipinthehome.com. Uh, it'll pull it right up, and I'll send it to your email. Uh, so anybody can download that. And, of course, I, I recommend people get the book as well uh, just to – you know, share the experience with their spouse, be able to underline and highlight things. Um, but uh, there's there's that. And then if somebody wants the the resources that come along with that, I, I put a, a notebook together of how we use, I used it last night at my dinner table. Um, so I would uh, I would encourage people to to do that. No way. Cool. In fact, we, we talk about some of the most significant things that uh, we've always done with Freedom Family happened at the dinner table. You've just sure. kind of made that an easier process for people. So yeah, check this out real quick. The uh, the the uh, website again, discipleshipinthehome.com. All right, you can sign up for it there. And uh, 
Yeah, listen, I, I don't listen to much stuff going down the road, Daryl, but I think this will be well worth people's time if they want to get in on that. All right. So one of the things that I, man, there's so many things I like about Daryl Stetler, but one of the things I really like is you've decided, you made a decision somewhere along the line that our church can't exist for itself. We got to get outside the four walls of the church and go do some things. You want to do that as a pastor. By the way, I think if you're going to do it, your congregation, pastors got to lead. But real quick, why is it important, do you think, for small churches, middle-sized churches, mega churches, to get outside their four walls and go? You know, it's it's important because it used to be that people, we lived in Christendom, you know, where, where everybody felt like it was kind of valuable and important. There, there was some level of of compulsion to go to church, at least culturally. You know, like, oh, yeah, we, everybody ought to go to church. And that's not really true anymore. So I think that it is uh, it is more important than it has ever been in American history to get outside the walls of the church and for us to go to them instead of waiting for them to come to us. And so yeah. that's so 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 important. We try to we try to structure a certain number of events and uh, habits through the through the day uh, and through the year. I mean, uh, in the kind of the life of our church. We try to structure a certain number of events that are not things where people primarily come into our church, but we go out and do things. So I think you've got a point. We've got to go outside. They need us. We need to run to the sound of the pain. We need to get to the needy. But you know what I, and you know, Daryl, I know you are, I am, we're big fans of John Wesley. When I read Wesley about this, it almost seems like he's saying, I want you to do this uh, because it's good for you. I mean, there's no yeah. way you're going to be holy unless you do these things. It's a yeah. marvelous discipleship component for the local church, is it not? It absolutely is. Absolutely is. The, to be able to be willing uh, to, to be transformed enough to be willing to serve uh, and by bringing the gospel out to where people are is such a huge thing. It's like Christ. Uh, that's what Jesus did. And so if discipleship is being like Jesus— he came not to be served, but to serve, and he served us long before we serve him. And uh, so, so to be able to to develop our character to the point where we would gladly leave our safe confines, like he did, and go out and carry good news to broken, hurting people, like he did, that's that's really it's next level important for discipleship. It's just really, really crucial. Yeah, and Wesley seemed to say, and I I think I agree with him uh, that. You know, there's no way you can earn your salvation, but if you're saved, this is what you do. This is what you will do. This is what you're going to do, because that's what saved people do. There's no way to maintain your salvation without these kinds of works of mercy, getting outside the local church, going to place like prisons or abortion clinics or old folks home. There's just, you, you can't maintain yourself and you can't go on to what we've always called the fullness of the spirit or entire sanctification. And there's no way to maintain that experience without these kinds of things. I mean, yeah. Darryl, is that true? First of all, and second of all, if it's true, then why aren't more of us doing it? I absolutely believe that it's true. I don't think that, 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 the, the Bible doesn't know anything of a salvation that produces no transformation of character and values. And so if we have salvation, it's way beyond eternal fire insurance. It is a transformation of becoming like Christ, of imaging Christ, just as Adam broke the image of Christ in the garden 
uh, it, it was broken by his sin in the same way it is restored in our salvation. And so we image, we reflect, we shine the glory of Jesus out into our world. And so, no, we, we don't, it's, it's like, uh, you do, I don't have to eat to live, but in the long term, um, I, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to be very strong and I'm, my life will end if I don't eat. And so in the same way, I think it's necessary in that kind of way. Uh, not as a root of salvation, but as a fruit. So uh, this is what I'm thinking. If you have an established church, and most people have established churches, there's not enough church planting going on. We got to do more of that. But if you plant a church, you can start off with that value. You know, what we do yeah. is we go. So you can start off. If you have right. an established church, it's kind of hard to get people that have been sitting around and thinking, uh, boy, this is the way to discipleship is sitting around and doing Bible studies and listening to a guy preach. That's discipleship. That's the holy life. That's the real life. It's hard to get those folks, uh, in, in at least in my experience, hard to get those yeah. folks moving. So I want to ask you, if I were to ask Daryl Stetler to give me three or four or five points of how to get those kind of sitting around Christians moving, what's going to be your best advice to me? Man, first of all, I, I, this is these are not the uh, these are not the ten commandments from perfect pastor. Uh, this is uh, ten suggestions for fellow strugglers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love that. I love that. So, so because it, it's it is you're right. Is it's a heavy lift sometimes to get people outwardly focused and to get people involved. I would say the first thing I would do is is say that it has to be modeled, um, and. And so if we're going to, if we're going to produce it, we, we don't teach just what we know. We don't reproduce what we know. We reproduce what we are. And so, so if we're going to, if we're going to do this and, and create a church with that culture, we have to model it first. So when, when it comes to, when it comes to doing works of mercy, I would say to the pastor, are you doing them? And then the second thing I would say is help people understand and, and teach and speak of the responsibility that we have and why you're doing it as a pastor. So I, I tell my people from time to time, I think it's important that you understand that I'm not visiting people in jail because I'm the pastor. I'm visiting people in jail because I'm a Christian. And I'm not, I'm not doing this, uh, you know, hospitality work because I'm a pastor. I'm doing it because I'm a Christian. I preach because I'm a pastor. I, I shepherd you because I'm a pastor because that's my role, but I do works of mercy because I'm a Christian. And so trying to, to help people understand that. See, sometimes we've wrapped up this idea of ministry with pastoral ministry. We've conflated those two things. So it's like the preacher is the minister. But actually, as, as you know, you read Ephesians and Paul says that he's given, the, he's given them pastor teachers in order to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So I tell people, I'm not the minister you are the ministers and I'm helping to equip you so you can be like Jesus in these ways. And uh, so that would be trying to teach that, um, teach why you're modeling it is uh, a second thing. And then I would say, thirdly, you, you got to start by taking somebody along with you as much as possible. I took my two boys uh, to prison with me a couple of weeks ago um, and we sat <clears throat> and, uh, and talked across the table um, in the visitation room with a young man who's in juvenile. Um, and I took my boys along and we, we sat and talked with him for a while and bought him a snack and played a game of chess or a game of spades or something, whatever it was we did. And, 
and then we talked about his soul and prayed with him. And, um, so, so the, um, the value of the fact I'm actually, I'm on the way to do that this afternoon, uh, is one of the reasons I wasn't able to easily, uh, to sit at my computer and do this. Uh, we had to get it on the phone because I'm on the way to do it again. And, um, and sitting on my table at home, I have an application to go see another guy at a different prison. And, uh, the reason for that is because, is because of, it's it's something I have to do because I'm a Christian and I want to and I want to, to share that with my boys, share that with my church family. So uh, modeling and then teaching them why you're doing it. And then thirdly, take somebody along with you. And then I got to say, we got to preach on this as well, because uh, what the pulpit doesn't make an issue is not an issue any longer. And so it has to be the pulpit has to speak about this. And so uh, being able to preach that and and share uh, that I, I preach a, at least once a year. I try to preach a series where I talk about getting involved in ministry and uh, getting involved in some kind of way. We have our, our church does a food pantry. We do uh, different kinds of uh, outreach events through the year and um, and trying to, to share with people how they can uh, meet the needs of the world with the love of God is, uh, is really, really important. So those, those are four things I would say right off the top of my head. Yeah. Pretty good. What do you do? I, I'm curious to hear from you. What do, what do you do? Uh, what do you, what would you say? Oh, well, I listen, I, I'd love to tell you, I mean, Daryl, I'd love to tell you, but I can't because I got a book coming out this uh, summer on this very topic. And so I'm just going <laughs> to, okay. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to say, you know, boy, the list of lists on uh, how do you do this is coming out. No, honestly, we got a book on uh, the doctrine of good works coming out this summer. And uh, awesome. Tom, okay. McCall, okay. Tom McCall, uh, my son, Caleb, uh, handled the biblical data and they asked me to handle the practical stuff. So I, I went around nice. the churches and said, man, you, you churches that are doing this. And my goal was, I, I'm not sure I met the goal, but the goal was the, the opening standard was you have 20% of your people out in the community this week on a regular basis. Wow. Yeah. Now, yeah. That's a lot. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately, that's a lot. All of us ought yeah. to be out there every week. Doing sure. Something. Sure. But if you can get 20%, I've almost learned that that's a miracle. And so wow. I try to look yeah. for churches uh, that had ish. <laughs> I couldn't get 20%. Yeah. So ish in, in right. that vicinity. And fact of the matter is I came up with a list and uh, it's in the, the second chapter that I write. I, I look at four churches and then I examine 12 more for the second chapter. But honestly, you hit you hit them or you hit not all of them, but model it is huge. Uh, you got to teach and preach on it. You got to take someone along with you and eventually more people. I think you got to report on it. One of the things you got to do mm. is we report on things that uh, aren't the most important thing. We report on attendance, which I don't think the Jesus was the yep. most important thing. We, we report on mm -hmm. money, which again, I, I, I get that it's important to the IRS, but it shouldn't be more important to us than people. I think when right. we start counting people that are going along and the people that we're reaching outside, and that's what we report every week. It's the only thing we report every week is here are the ministries. Wow. Here is how many of us are going. Here's who we're reaching every week. And so yeah. we want to uh, want to make sure we're really holding ourselves accountable for doing what we think a church is supposed to be doing. So I think, I think reporting on it, uh, I think you need to celebrate when people do it, Okay, do a yeah, good job yeah. of it, you know, go ahead and have a fun time during the announcements and uh, give them a t-shirt, give them a cupcake, give them a donut, do, give them something and just say, woo. Sure. You know, just want to celebrate, you know, whatever you celebrate proliferates. 
Um, yeah. I have, I yeah. have probably another five or six things, but one of them is, and I'll, I'll stop here is you need an easy on-ramp, you know, to, yes, so it, yes. It, right. An easy thing to get involved. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think if you do some of those things, as well as the things you've mentioned, it's, it's huge Now you, yeah. you said you got a food pantry. That's great. You also said that you're going out to a prison today. Uh, have you gotten any church people to go along with you to that yet? As far as to prisons, it's a little more complex because you have to get people approved and all that sort of thing. Uh, right. But there are there are um, uh, there's a couple of people that uh, from our our church that do do uh, that do visit prison uh, people in prison, and then um, and then um, as far as beyond that, my boys, like I said, I took my boys along uh, that sort of thing. I don't have a lot of people people that are involved in that. But one thing we have done in order to not forget those people, we literally have the addresses, names and addresses in the bulletin of people connected to our church or guys that I'm working with. And we'll say, hey, um, can you, uh, we'd, we'd like to encourage you today to write a card. In fact, I'll actually pass out cards, sometimes blank uh, thinking of you cards or blank praying for you cards and say, would you take a moment right now and write out a card to uh, to this guy and uh, if you'll pass it back in to the people at the back, we'll stamp it and send it. And so that's just one way. It's one way that they can know that they're not forgotten. And it kind of adds uh, levels of impact uh, to uh, times when people can't go um, and the complexity of all that. Talking with Daryl Stetler, a pastor in Oklahoma City, on works of mercy and some of what his church is doing and what he's trying to ramp up even more. Uh, we're going to get right back to him. Uh, but. First off, we, I want to tell you a little bit about our new sponsor, a gentleman named Ethan Kellen of Providence Capital Management, specializing in personal and institutional investment management. Uh, check him out at ProvidenceCM.com, ProvidenceCM.com to learn more. And if you just want to get in touch with Ethan, which I consider a great idea to get in touch with Ethan, you're going to love him. It's Ethan at ProvidenceCM.com. I'm a big Ethan Kelly fan, and I think you're going to really appreciate talking with him and learn more about what he can do for you. So Ethan Kelly Kelly at Providence Capital Management, and uh, let's uh, let's hope for the best on those fronts. Uh, Daryl, uh, one of the things you said that you were doing, and this is how I kind of got off on you this week, is you said you're going to the public schools uh, tell us a little bit about what's happening uh, in the school system and and how do you wind your way into it? Yeah, so um, we have we've done a a organization. We've worked with an organization called In the Gap. Um, I think it's inthegap.org is their website. But we've worked with them for about five years. They do character training and Bible clubs in local schools. Um, so. What they do is they'll do, obviously there's in the American school system, a lot of places, there's not a friendliness to the gospel, but people do recognize the value of character. And so they'll go in and they'll partner with schools and offer a character training class where they work on, you know, 49 different character qualities that they teach through the year. And then after the, the school is over, they'll invite those same kids to a free Bible club, which happens immediately after school. And so they do really, really neat work. Chad Christensen, uh, uh, president of that, does is just has a great vision for training churches to get involved in their local school. And so I would highly encourage anybody, any church that really wants to have uh, some training to get in touch within the gap and find out uh, what they do. And uh, so we we have worked with them for about five years. 
trying to do um, like a summer program for the kids um, and partnered with them to do to do that here in Oklahoma City. But then a while back, I said, you know what, I want to I want to take this up a level and let's really get into and connect with the schools. So what we're doing this coming uh, this coming week, actually, uh, I got in touch with a school counselor at the school and um, through just just connections and community events. And I said, what could our school do or what could our church do that would be a blessing to your school? Now, this school counselor is a believer, so he's you know quite friendly to it um, in general. But he said, uh, he said, well, he said, on the days where we have parent-teacher conferences, teachers have to stay late and it's a very full afternoon for them. He said, we would love to have an organization come in and make a meal um, and just have it ready at three uh, o'clock when school is letting out. The school, there's a meal ready in the teacher's lounge. They can just go in and come and go at their convenience and have supper. And I said, beautiful, fantastic. We'll uh, we'll do that. So this coming Monday and Thursday, we're actually doing that for two different public schools right near our church. And then we're going to have as well, um, uh, you know, like an opportunity for them to uh, scan a QR code while they're going through line. And, and if they'll share a prayer request with us, on a little one question survey, we'll give them a free Chick-fil-A gift card, you know, chicken sandwich uh, type thing. So we're just trying to create connections and be a blessing. Uh, I actually have um, uh, another one of the schools called us because they know we're we're on their side. You know, they perceive that. So they called us and said, hey, we've got some back some kids that need backpacks because their backpacks got tore up or chewed or whatever at home. And they really don't have the ability to get new ones. And I said, well, we'll buy some backpacks and we'll keep them. You know, we'll we'll give you how many you need. And she said, maybe 10. Uh, so I bought a pack of 20. And uh, so we're going to keep 10 back. And next time they need some, we'll do that. So just kind of, again, it's just works of mercy. Here's here's something that I want, I want all your listeners to realize from Acts chapter six. This is a beautiful principle. I can't remember who I said heard say this first. But here's what he, he was preaching on Acts 6, and he said, good works create goodwill, which opens the door to the good news. And he was talking about, in Acts chapter 6, the, the beautiful work of the deacons and the, the, how they were taking care of people and widows. And what happened is one of the toughest, one of the toughest um, uh, demographics, the priests, a bunch of them got saved. I mean, it's, it's really hard to accept Christ if you're a priest, because let's be honest, if you accept Christ, you're out of a job as a priest, right? Like you literally, Jesus comes and says, I'm going to take your job. Um, I'm going to be the sacrifice and I'm going to be the high priest. And so these guys, a huge, huge, deeply integrated segment of Judaism comes to know Christ because good works create goodwill which opens the door for the good news. And that's what we're trying to do. No, that's great stuff. And by the way, if you ever want to read a book about that, my dear friends, you can, uh, there's a book written by Rodney Starks called The Rise of Christianity. From that book, mm-hmm. he wrote a couple articles for, for Christianity Today. It was called Outliving the Pagans, basically mm-hmm. saying uh, those kind of charitable acts people take notice of, and uh, they start looking up saying, we'd like to be a part of a group that loves like that. Pretty important yeah. stuff. All right, Daryl Stetler, you're one of my favorite guys to talk to. We really appreciate you being on the broadcast today. I appreciate it. Thanks a bunch for the opportunity. And by the way, he's already pitched you a book of mine that he has read. 
and uh, you can get a free audio version of it at discipleshipinthehome.com. And uh, it's Daryl reading it. And uh, he asked me if I wanted to read. I said, no way, man, you're, 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 you got a better voice and everything. You, you go for it. So it's uh, discipleshipinthehome.com. Daryl was reading the book and I think you'll really enjoy it. And real quick again, how can they get in touch with your organization if they want to make discipleship work in the smaller church? Sure. If you want to learn everything that's involved in New Start and kind of have a, a short presentation about it, here's two URLs I'll give you. One is get.newstartdiscipleship.com. So you just basically replace the www with get. All right. So get.newstart training, um, training about you can do uh, webinar.newstartdiscipleship.com. So I have a one hour, free one hour training uh, that shows you everything that's included. Yeah, and Daryl's absolutely incapable of putting out bad stuff. So uh, he's, if you go to the stuff, you're going to very much appreciate it. Hey, love and appreciate you, Daryl. Thanks so very much. It's a wrap, my dear friends. It's an honor to have you listen to the Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast with Matt Friedemann. Check out our Facebook page, Life-Changing Discipleship. Find me, Matt Friedemann, on Twitter. Find all of our books at Amazon.com. Just type in Matt Friedemann into the search engine and see what's offered there. Always, always tell others about our podcast. And remember, my wife thanks you, my daughter thanks you, my sons and their wives thank you, and I can assure you that I thank you for listening to Life-Changing Discipleship today. Love God, live clean, keep the faith, make disciples, and God bless you, dear friends. We'll see you back here real soon.